Welcome to season three of Arise Esther, a podcast for today's women of faith. I'm your host, Dawn Damon, and I get to speak to some of the most resilient women alive who, like Esther of old, step up with courage to face trials head on and triumph. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Welcome all you beautiful Esthers who have chosen to arise for such a time as this. I'm coming to you as your host today, Don Scott Damon. Such a joy to be with you and have a wonderful guest. We're going to talk today about why getting in the word of God is a must for all Christians. Hmm. How do you do on that? Are you in the word of God? Well, my guest today is a treasure hunter, and I already know that we can be best friends because I love treasure hunting. So she tr- she searches for the creamiest chocolate and the richest coffee and the cherished stories of faith. She also digs deep into scripture, mining God's eternal truth. My guest has a master's in Christian education. She's taught the Bible for more than 30 years, which is hard to imagine because she's only 35. She's an author of 11 books, including the award-winning heirloom, Living and Leaving a Legacy of Faith. She just won Inspirational Gift Book of the Year from the Golden Scroll. So congratulations to her, my guest. And now this meaty devotional that's out, Deep Rooted. Would you please welcome today to Arise Esther, my guest, Kathy Howard. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Dawn. Good to see you, friend. Thank you. It's good to see you, too. I appreciate you coming on today and sharing with us and talking about you are a woman of the word. You are deeply rooted in the word of God. I, I yes, I try to be. I try to be. Of course, you know, I've, I've also learned over the years that um, there's a there's a um, a fine line between being consistent and regular and legalism. And so God has has taught me over the years that I also need to give myself grace because there's going to be some days where life just gets in the way and it is not going to happen. And and I'm okay with that now. There was a time where I, you know, that sent me into a little bit of a panic. But um, God has brought me through that. And it is, the days are always better when I have the opportunity to spend in His Word. And absolutely far more days I do than I don't. But I also, when it doesn't happen, there's always tomorrow. Always grace. I really appreciate you saying that because I think sometimes when we talk about reading the Bible and getting into the word, there are those people who feel a sense of condemnation because they don't feel like they're, they're perfect enough or they're not measuring up to substandard. They can't check the box, but the word of God also dwells inside of us. We do need to read, of course, but I thank you for just sharing the difference between what did you say? Legalism. Consistency and legalism. Yeah. Right. Right. I think and, that- and there's a difference. And when I like I've developed lots of reading plans and I lead a, a Bible reading group on Facebook and all the plans I use are just five days a week. I feel like we need built in grace. Um, as I said, life gets in the way and things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when you talk about reading the word, are you talking about a deep dive and study? Do we have to read chunks of the word of God at time? Or is it okay if somebody says, I can only read 
for three minutes today, but I want to get right. in my spirit. How do you go about teaching women how to be consistent? You know, there, there, there are so many seasons of life from young moms who I've heard say, I literally just don't have any time. I, I, I wrote a blog post not long ago about if you only have 15 minutes, what, what should that look like? What can that look like to spend time with God? And I think that would be, if you only have five minutes, what can that look like? And essentially what I shared was do it in thirds, like a third of the amount of time that you have, spend it reading scripture. So let's just say 15 minutes. So if you have 15 minutes, spend five minutes reading scripture, spend five minutes looking at what you've read, right? Contemplating it, meditating that, because um, that's what scripture tells us to do. Think about God's word, meditate on it day and night. That's from Psalm 1, which is one of my favorites. And then spend five minutes talking to God about it and, and saying, okay, how am I supposed to respond to this? Because that's the end goal, right? We don't want to just read and check off the box. We want to read it, really contemplate what did God mean here? And that's, I teach women to do that with a, a simple inductive Bible study method. And you can do it in three minutes or three hours and then talk to God. Okay, now what do I do with this, Lord? How am I supposed to respond? Do I need to repent about something? Do I need to change something about the way I think about you? Do I need to obey you in some area today? So that's it. Thirds. Mm -hmm. I like that very much. And I also like what you're saying about a third of that is meditation. So tell us, what does that look like? How do you meditate on, do you do that with a journal or? You can. And I, I think that's going to be very individual. Um, and when I say meditation, just to clarify, not, you know, Eastern mysticism, sort of emptying your mind. True biblical meditation is the opposite of that. Rather than emptying our mind, it is filling our minds with God's truth. So when scripture says meditate on his word day and night, that's it. Like if I read, say if I read Psalm 1 and it tells me that um, that the person who meditates on God's word day and night is like a tree planted by streams of water. It it yields its fruit in season. If its leaf does not wither and everything he does prospers. Mm -hmm. So that's just a handful of verses. That's that's three verses. And sit on that and think, okay, first of all, God's given me a word picture. He's told me that those who really think about the deep truths of God's word, meditate on it, chew it, ponder it, contemplate it, is going to be like this tree that sends deep roots down to a water source. And I was thinking about this passage yesterday because we've had such drought here in Texas this summer. And we've had record number of days with temperatures over 100 degrees. And I have watched things die in my yard right and left. You know, even with irrigation, we've been losing things. And yet that tree, that tree who's got its roots very deep into the truths of God's word, doesn't matter what happens around us. It doesn't matter if we have 30 days of over 100 degrees if we have no rain, because my life is deeply grounded in God's word. 
spiritually, I'm going to thrive no matter what my circumstances are. And so that's, that's just thinking about meditating on what did God mean when he gave us this word picture and then ask God, okay, Lord, if you're telling me that my life can be like this healthy, vital, productive tree, if I'm grounded in your word, if my roots are deep in your word, then what, you know, what does that look like? What do I need to do that I'm, that I'm not doing now? Um, I read statistics recently from um, the 2022 State of the Bible report. It comes out every year, you know, or Americans reading. And I less about a 25% of Americans only read their Bible more than once a month. So it's a very low percentage of people. And that has dropped significantly since 21. So less and less Americans are spending time regularly in God's word. Wow. Those are pretty staggering and sobering statistics. And there are Christians who are not reading the word of God. They're missing out on a power source, aren't they? Uh, The Holy Spirit who infuses us. I mean, what is the role of the Holy Spirit while you're reading, it, it, there's a real powerful thing that's happening because God's word is alive. So they're missing on this. It is. I mean, he's our partner, right? He's our he's our quiet time partner um, because Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit would give us understanding of the things that He taught us. So as we're as we're reading God's word, I mean, there have been times where I've said, "Okay, Lord, I don't get this." You know what? What does this mean? And and then I get clarification. I it, it's like you know a light dawns in my head. Oh, I mean that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But He also yields God's word like that scalpel to pierce our like like God's word says Hebrews four twelve. God's yeah. word is like that double-edged sword that pierces our heart. The Holy Spirit uses that because one of his jobs is conviction, right? Mm -hmm. So as I read God's word far more often than I would like, the Holy Spirit says, you see that truth right there? You see um, that attitude you should have or shouldn't have, or the way you treated that person that was not gracious, was not kind. And so that's a, a a lot of what he does in my life is he's my partner. And when I read God's word is, is conviction, bringing me to repentance, encouragement. Uh, so what, conviction, um, understanding, encouragement, comfort as I'm in God's word direction as to, okay, so now what do I do with this? How does God want me to respond? And so often, um, even as I'm reading God's word and praying, I'll have people pop in my head. I, I I used to think, okay, so I'm just being so terribly distracted here that I've got, I'm thinking about this and this. And now I've come to learn that a lot of that time, yet sometimes, yes, it is distraction, but other times the Holy Spirit is bringing to my mind people for a specific purpose, whether it's to pray for them, whether it's to reach out to them, um, and so that happens while I'm 
reading and thinking about God's word. The Holy Spirit is giving me direction, very specific direction sometimes as to some ways I need to put my feet to the pavement and, and, and work. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. I know I've often said that you read the word of God until the word of God reads you. And that's kind of I what love that, right? You're describing a little bit where when the Holy Spirit starts reading my mail and I'm like, oh, yes, I'm feeling that you're speaking to me about this, Lord. You're going deeper about it. You're illuminating to me a, a blind spot that I didn't know that I had in my life. And I'm starting to see it now or mm -hmm. with them. And so it, when we miss our time with God or we miss that time in the word, we're missing a whole bunch of self-discovery and the ability to just really be conformed to the image of Christ. Right. And yeah. God's direction for us for that day. Right. And, and absolutely spiritual transformation, because that's, I love um, Romans 12, one and two, because it, it tells us how spiritual transformation happens. It, it, it begins in our, in our brains, right? It says, you know, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you'll then know what God's will is. And, and so the way spiritual transformation comes is that it starts here in the way we think. And our thoughts cannot be aligned with God's unless we're reading and studying God's word to us. You know, it's amazing. The Bible is God's revealing himself to us through his word. And so as we read it, um, so often one of the things that comes to me as I'm reading scripture is God saying, here's something you need to believe about me. Like you thought this about me previously, but this is really the truth. This is more like what I am. And so my, my thinking is, is more lining up with his every time I'm in scripture. And so the more I'm thinking like him, that starts changing my, my attitudes, my, and which then changes my uh, behavior and my, and my actions. And so spiritually I'm transformed beginning right here as I read God's word. Yes. Because like you quoted Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive. And that means there's a supernatural force going to work inside of us as we're reading God's word, his will. Some people say, I don't know God's will. Well, his word is his will. So we That's can. Right. And then he also brings to our understanding certain specific directions. But you, right. you're reading Romans 12.1. You just wrote a Bible study deeply rooted uh, from the book of Romans, correct? I did. It, it, it comes out in October of, of this year, 22. And it's it's the third volume in the Deep Rooted series. So it's, it's sort of a cross between a devotional and a Bible study. I call it a meaty devotional because it's formatted like a devotional book. But it, it's also formatted around this simple inductive Bible study method that I teach. And so we we had Mark come out in 20 and Acts come out in 21. And then Romans comes out in just a few weeks. And I'm really oh, excited. That's so exciting. And Romans is not an easy book. I mean, that you talk about meat. That's a deeply 
rich, meaty book. How did you tackle that? <laughs> you know, I put off getting started because I I was intimidated actually a little bit since because of the format of the deep rooted devotional, I knew there was no way I could I could delve into all everything that was in Romans. It would just be impossible. And so I, I prayed so much that God would give me clarity and direction. And once I finally got started and let him do his work, he showed me those things that I really needed to, to focus on. And I'm, I'm really excited about the way it turned out. And the book of Romans itself has um, such a place in my own personal testimony. And so it, it means a lot to me. So that's wonderful. And so people will be able to get it in October. Yes. For women or is it for men and women? It's for men and women. Yeah, it is for men and women. Anybody that wants a little help figuring out how to read and study God's word would benefit. Okay. So while we're, we're talking about Romans and I just interviewed Julie Coleman (laughs) called on purpose, and that's about what God really says about women in ministry. Right. What did you find while you were doing this study? What does Paul have to think about women in ministry? You know, even though, so in Romans, he doesn't say anything specifically, you know, he doesn't address that specifically like he does in say first Corinthians, but in Romans 16, which is, you know, you think you get to the greetings part and you think, okay, I'm I'm done with this. I'm not going to read through all of these greetings, but, um, Romans is the longest greeting in any epistle. And Paul mentions a lot of women in his greetings in in the book of Romans. In fact, he talks about a woman named Phoebe, who um, he refers to as a as a deacon and a fellow worker. I and mean, this was somebody that was key in Paul's ministry. And scholars believe that Phoebe is the one that actually carried the letter from the Corinthian seaport near where Paul wrote Romans from, from Corinth. And she delivered that letter to the Christians in Rome. And Paul, the way he describes her, he talks about her as a ministry partner. And um, he, he talks about Priscilla. And of course we know that Priscilla was a discipler herself. She and her husband discipled Apollos. And uh, the way she's mentioned in scripture with her name first, she was probably the more prominent of that couple. And Paul mentions several others in in Romans. He talks about Rufus's mother, who who was essentially a mother to him. And he just speaks of all the women in Romans 16 in really glowing terms and in their role in ministry. Right. Yeah. I love that. And I believe Junius or Junia, depending on what translation, you know, he's right. And they're and traditionally, they were trying to make that person a man for a long time and then discovered, oh, he's actually talking to a woman there. So we find some secrets in that nestled in chapter 16 there. And I love that. I love, um, I love Phoebe and you're right because delivering a letter wasn't just, Oh, here's your letter. It was then he entrusted that to her, right? He entrusted this very beautiful exposition of the gospel and what he hoped would be an introduction to the believers in Rome for his future ministry to Phoebe. It's amazing. And, and 
And sometimes we learn that they had to read that letter or minister that letter to the listeners. So it's That's very right. that it, you, she literally was preaching that letter to them in their listening. That's so awesome. And we learn a lot in Romans about the power that we have over sin. Christians yes. have power over sin. Can you say just a little bit about that? I can, because re repeatedly in Romans, Paul talks about the fact that um, Christ has broken the power of sin, the hold that it has on us, that we are no longer enslaved to sin. In fact, now we are obligated to the spirit to follow him instead. Um, it, we really, even though we will never be perfect this side of heaven, we are never obligated to sin. Um, in fact, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Paul wrote that God always gives us a way out. We have the power because of the spirit. Mm. I think that's really critical for people to hear. And maybe this audience listening, they know that we have a lot of Bible scholars that listen to Arise Esther. But to, to really get that again, that we have the power over sin, which means over addiction, over problems, right. over circumstances, we have the we have the authority over the enemy. We have power over little sins, but capital S, sin nature. It does not have to rule us. It does not control us. We have been set free. And that's the amazing good news of the gospel, isn't it? It really, it really is. Praise God. So you, I want to thank you for joining us on Arise Esther. And I know that you had an Esther moment too. When I talk about our Esther moment, I, I think about women who had to step up and do really difficult things during trying times of life and, and, and do what God's asked. Do you have an Esther moment in your life? Well, I, I will tell you, I mean, there's multiple ones, but right now I feel like I'm on the precipice of one in that I really feel God is just giving me an increasing burden to help the women of faith, the women of the church, learn how to be in the word because our culture is just slapping us every time we turn around we need to know the truth of god's word that's the only way we're going to be able to stand firm in what's going on around us yeah so what does that look like i'm not sure yet how but i i really have this burden to encourage women to get in the word and equip them so that they will be confident and feeling like they can and they can understand it yes I want to give you the, the last few moments here. What would you say to that young woman? Uh, I do some coaching and counseling. I got one woman who wants to leave her marriage. She isn't willing to listen to the word right now, though she's a believer. Women attracted to the world. What would you say to these young women who might be listening today? That's a tough one, Dawn, because, you know, I can't change attitudes, but God can. If there's just even the seed of willingness to listen what, to what God wants for their lives, if they are just willing to say, God, I will, I will give you a chance. I will give you a chance to speak to me and just start. Romans would be a great place to start, but even just give God 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes 
a day, 10 minutes of putting truth in your heart and mind. And think about, we encourage them to think about that word picture in Psalm 1. In fact, maybe I would just encourage them, read Psalm 1. Read Psalm 1 because that gives you a picture of what your life can be like if you ground it in God's word. And it also tells us what happens to those who don't. Well, very well said, Kathy Howard, author, speaker, Christian, motivational woman of God and in the word. Thank you so much for joining us. Women who are listening today, you heard a 10 minute challenge. How about we try 10 minutes a day for two weeks? How would your life change? Get Psalm 1 open and try a couple of different translations. Read it till it reads you. What would God say to you? 10 minutes a day. I'd love to hear from you. If you take this challenge, you can reach me at dawn at dawnscottdamon.com or Kathy Howard. How could they find you? KathyHoward.org is my website and email is Kathy at KathyHoward.org. All right. There you go. All right. The challenge is yours. I hope you'll take it. In the meantime, all of you modern day Esthers, I do have a question for you. Is this your moment? to arise. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. And hey, if you've not done so yet, why don't you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss another episode. Or you can visit us at ariseester.com. And while you're there, make sure you join the movement. Visit us today to get connected. For more information about me, Dawn Damon, visit dawndamon.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for a free breakthrough strategy session. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.